folks, welcome back to Big Mama Hex Podcast. And today I am so excited to be sitting down with Jack Montgomery. And welcome, Jack, to Big Mama Hex Podcast. We're so excited to have you here. I know a lot of my Hi. listeners are going to be thrilled. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. It's so nice to see your face and hear your voice for the first time. Um, we've mm -hmm. been friends on Facebook for a very, very long time in my, in, in Facebook-like relationship we status. <laughs> like maybe about 10 years, I guess. Yeah. I always try and figure out, I've known Hunter for about 10 years, so probably about 10 years um, we've known each other. And um, the way I start out each podcast is usually like, how did we meet and how do we know each other? So okay. it was through Facebook and um, you were in, um, sort of the Pennsylvania Dutch community that I started to become friends with people because of your work. Um, and you had a wonderful book, um, or you have a wonderful book, American Shamans. Mm -hmm. And that was an incredible book and very meaningful for a lot of people in our community, um, particularly because one of the three traditions that you talk about is powwow, mm -hmm. which is of That's course true. very, very important to our community and has become a lot more valued in the past 10 years, would you say? I think so. I think uh, a, a genuine interest has grown. And yes. uh, I, I know I, I went to uh, visit Patrick and drove 14 hours each way. <laughs> oh, wow. Bless uh, your heart. <laughs> but it was well worth it. It was uh, a highlight. Uh, of course, he's such a wonderful person. Yes, uh, indeed. And he took me all over the place to see all the sort of special places in, in and around the Only Valley. And um, and, and I got to sit in his um, archives and physically handle these artifacts that were just in, incredible. The energy from them was incredible, but what they were, were was equally incredible. And I was just on cloud nine. Yes. Um, how would you classify the three, the three kind, types of practices that you talk about in American shamans? I call it folk religious magic. The two are intimately uh, involved with each other both the magic and the religion are yes. seamlessly in, in all three traditions you have to be committed if you're going to do something to um yeah. receive you know um the repercussion of your action it's really powerful and something that i'm very 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 mindful of and another thing that you said and i was like oh my goodness hunter said this to me and it stuck in my mind and i bet you it came from your book is the idea of like return to sender um or or being able to block something and have it bounce, you know, like bounce back, which Absolutely. is something that I think about a lot because I really focus more um, of my intention on that than necessarily ever doing any harm. You know, it's more like blocking. I'm so interested in what kind of person you were in the first place to be able to be open to this. So I know you talked a lot in the interviews and in the book about going to school for, it was psychology, right? Uh, religious studies and anthropology. Right. I had th uh, triple major. Okay, I remember anthropology, but I thought uh, yeah. somewhere you said psychology. You were a triple major. Yeah, yeah I didn't have any sense at all. Um, <laughs> Neither did I. It took me about ten years. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, the 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 desire to go out into the field came out of the anthropology. Yeah. And I realized I could do eth uh, ethnographic interviews. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. And I love the idea of, of the community healer. Uh, it was during this period, this uh, mid-70s, that I realized quite by accident that I had a powwow for a great-grandfather 
who worked exclusively on animals and apparently was known all over that part of Western North Carolina, which was a large German enclave. Uh, my grandmother said they spoke German in the home uh, wow. when and read from a German Bible. So that, that it was one of the key elements, I think, in, in a lot of the older practice was these people were physically and culturally isolated. Mm. And it kept a certain purity that kept them focused on their magical traditions. Yes. Because there was nothing to distract them outside. And a lot, I think, it, when I hear people say that they're struggling to learn these things, to some degree, you still have to sort of sequester yourself away. Yes. Now, you are an artist. Yes. That comes natural to you. Mm-hmm. When you're, you, I, I play a little music. When I'm in, involved in the music, I'm nowhere else but in the music. Yes, yes. Same with the art. Um, yes. It, you're nowhere else but in the art. Yes. That is a magical mindset right there. That's when Absolutely. it's happening. Absolutely, yes. And, and that's when the magic will come forth. Yes. You can't just sit there in a, in a very noisy atmosphere and pull this stuff out. You have to have a certain level to shut down and shut off. Yeah. A very distracting world. Yes. And after a while, it's, you start to need it. Yeah. It becomes, it's, uh, I've always talked about um, we make an agreement with ourselves. And we, we say, I will commit to this. I will mm-hmm. not, this won't be just something I do every Wednesday night when I have friends over or something mm-hmm. of that nature. No, this will be a 24-7 spiritual commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's when it will draw fruit. That's yeah. when it will manifest. And you'll start to see it manifest and it will become more and more a part of you. Um, I don't know what it would be like now to live without it. Yeah. And as I'm getting older, I find myself more and more ensconced in it. Mm. The world out at the, the world of shopping malls and grocery stores and right now for work seems almost unreal to me. Yes. Yes, John. Uh, it yes. no longer has any heart. I just go through the what motions of like a person in a dream. Oh my goodness. That is so profound to me because every time I would go to work, it felt like I was walking into like a movie because it wasn't real. Like this is what's real for me. And I've, and I've spent so much time, um, well, 10 years since I met him really like weaving together the, the practice and the ritual with the art. So before it was like, I'd find myself pushing myself to make things that weren't coming naturally. But now that I've gotten this weaving and I had like pretty bad anxiety and I'm, and I'm a highly sensitive person. You know, this is a common human manifestation of spiritual growth. When it really takes hold of you, your relationship to the outer world mm. becomes unreal. Yes. And, and it only gets worse. You know, here's an interesting thing. And I learned this from her popular name is uh, Silver Ravenwolf. Yes, of course. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I learned this from her. We were talking about clients. Mm. And she said, and I said, how do you sift through the ones 
that have a real interest and really want to know something mm-hmm. and the ones that are just sort of playing. And she says, give them this, make them clean up everything in their home, make them put everything in order. It has to be spotless when you get there. And she said that alone will sort most of the non-sincere people out. Yes. And, and that analogy goes to, to any sort of spiritual practice, whether it be hoodoo, powwow, uh, granny magic, any of that. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit on the surface and be real. Mm-hmm. And if you're not real, why on earth are you doing this? Right. Um, it just doesn't work unless it, it requires that level of commitment. I didn't start out to have that level of commitment. I, the whole right. thing was it. When I started doing the field work and I started to see things and witness things that were not in the ordinary um, group of experiences, I was frightened. I didn't, sure. I didn't know what to, I, I thought, way I'm getting in way over my head. Uh, Lee Gandy drove that right into me mm. and it started almost immediately. And he said, you know, you've got to either come to terms with this, yes. that you're now seeing an enhanced world or leave it now and walk away and never look back. Mm-hmm. And he's right. Yeah. When you get to the when you get to the point that you can sense spirits, when you can see them occasionally, I keep most of that turned off. Just mm-hmm. and he said, you've got to be able to manage it emotionally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are not in a state where they can manage it emotionally. His my first question was to him. God, this is a long time ago. How does one become a Hexenmeister? Mm-hmm. And he sat back in his chair and he goes, by being a hex until you can manage it, which was a completely <laughs> loaded statement. <laughs> because when you start on any real spiritual path, it's going to take a price. Mm-hmm. It's going to ask a lot of you. If, you, if you're not willing to make that commitment, mm-hmm. just walk away. Yeah. Not a big deal. Just walk away. Yeah. Go to the mall, buy yourself something, go to a sporting Drink event. the Kool-Aid, baby. Drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. But, but be prepared that it won't, it'll change you. Mm-hmm. And, I, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people get scared when it starts to feel the change coming. Yes. Yes. I got scared. And, <laughs> and oh, that's, yes. I think that's totally normal. I certainly mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. I, after one particular rather harrowing experience, I thought to myself, that's enough of this. Mm-hmm. I can't take this. Um, I was going through a very sort of chaotic period in my life. Of course, this sitting right on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, you've got enough to deal with, you know, you know, a bad romantic relationship. You had all kinds of things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you need to do this? So I backed off. Mm-hmm. And he wrote me a letter and he said, you know, I understand. I wrote him and I said, here's why I'm not coming. He wrote back, said, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll let you, if you want to come back, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. Uh, and eventually I did go back. Uh, he said, but I'm going to teach you how to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. Yeah. Because, because once you've opened those doors of perception, mm-hmm. you will be given things you will experience things that you've got to know how to handle. Um, I got talked into going to a, uh, what was it called? It's like a con, C-O-N, 
it was Scarefest. Scarefest. Oh. <laughs> and I thought they they tell me we would like some academics to come and talk. And I didn't think it would be much of anything, but I ended up just talking to dozens and dozens of people over a three-day period. And I remember there was two young ladies that came up their high school age. They looked that they looked that age, and um, they wanted to know how to practice with the Ouija board. Mm. And I said, my advice to you, and I'm thinking mm. at your age, I didn't say mm -hmm. that. Right, right, right. Is, is, is don't do this. Yeah. You're opening a door that you may not be able to handle. And you do hear uh, some really interesting tales of people who get involved, especially in spirit work. Mm. And if you're not if you're not willing to take what comes, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, honestly, I fully understand what you're saying, but we're talking in a very um, practical way with an understanding of how the surface world works and how these different, like these compartmentalizations, but for him, it's all like all together and not even, he's not even inside of this world. So I just worry about how this will all work for him. But in our house, you know, Hunter, it's like we discuss like my grandmother passed away. And of course that's Nana, you know, the door just opened. That's Nana. Like it's very, it's very natural for him. And you said something in this interview about, um, kind of a shift that happened to you with your family who was deeply religious, but they also had this, this sort of like, uh, I, I wrote it down, um, how you worded it, it was really neat. Um, the supernatural was woven into daily lives, mm -hmm. right? And you said your mom said something to you like, you know, well, you weren't afraid of her when she was alive. So what are you afraid of now? And I kind of say that to him, you know, where he, he's really interested in like death and what happens. But then with his brain, he's just like, Oh, well, I mean, like, he's not afraid of like us dying because mm -hmm. we're just still there. So it's really interesting just as an observer of how you and I would like sort of, like I said, compartmentalize the way that these things work. It's just all open for him. It's really neat. It's like, he's on a really way elevated level. Like you, when you were discussing if people do drugs and stuff, they shoot right to the top. It's like, mm -hmm. he's right up there. And he's like eight. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I need to help like hone him in and like slow him down, you know, but I just thought I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And just like when people's brains work differently and they, they don't have these, um, uh, how would you word like, uh, they don't have these boundaries that we have because of the way that we were, you we were raised and like this sort of construct of how society works and how individuals operate and, and the idea of like morals or like balance of like being ethical and things like this. Like he has no idea about being ethical and doing things. It's like all ego, you know? So I'm just really curious, Jack, what you think about things like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Um, that is a lot. <laughs> I think he, he sounds like a very special young man. Oh Lord. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> oh, yes. te teaching him to manage, it's all embodied in till he, till he can manage it. Yes. Because his 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 uh, radio is turned on. Oh yeah. Um, are born turned on. Yes. But okay. we we people turn off our our radios for us. Okay. And, and then we turn it off ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now getting it turned back on takes some work because you're fighting oh, yeah. through conditioning, mm -hmm. um, which is very powerful and strong. Yeah. With him, you're just bringing him in and. Like mother said, why are you afraid of her? 
Yeah. She loved you. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to hurt you. Now that my mother said, we don't talk about this outside of this house. Right. We don't talk right. about the spirits. My grandmother felt like my grandfather came and visited her in the form of mm -hmm. a bird. Oh, wow. My grandmother was the one, the daughter of the powwow. Mm -hmm. So she was, she was clued to that. She was already keyed to that awareness of the spiritual. Sure. Uh, and I think once you do, you learn to, and Lee had a, a term I love called learn to live invisibly. Mm. Learn to appear. Yeah like a slightly portly, gray-haired old man who mm -hmm. chatters and says silly things sometimes, and it's a total mask. I watched him do it. Yeah, First, you talked about the conference. Mad. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, because like, what are you doing? But he sensed there were dangerous people there, so he made himself crazy. Yeah. He made himself look crazy. Yes. Yes, the important thing is that you learn to protect yourself to shut down this world, outer world, because yes. you talk about dissociation. I was raised in a, in a home with domestic violence mm -hmm. and all of that that came with it. So I learned acute dissociation so that I wouldn't feel anything. Yes. I would just go away yes. from what was hurting. Yes. I had to learn to come out of that. Mm -hmm. because I was sort of a shut down person mm -hmm. as many children in that kind of situation develop. Um, we all, this is nothing but a journey in a mm. liquid universe. And that's one of Lee's things. This yeah. is a liquid, like an aquarium. We're not, yeah. we're not free. We're not, we're caught up in a, in a dynamic of energy. We live within that dynamic of energy. We are a part of it. It's all the way through us. Mm. Uh, and it's a matter of just managing it and yeah. it sometimes takes your whole life i used to be racked with anxiety i had panic attacks i occasionally will still have one if i'm under acute stress mm -hmm. but i can pull myself out of it faster yeah than i could before yes so and these things don't make you broken they don't make you uh less of anything right, right. you're you are also it's a gift because yeah for sure opening other parts of reality other parts of life to you yeah uh because you you would have never probably opened to the spiritual right. and the magical and all the rest of it all the little inadequate words we use to describe this mm -hmm. had you not had these issues to deal with yeah they pull yes, you away from mm -hmm, they pull you away from this the hustle and the bustle and and they look at you and go there's something more for you to do mm -hmm. and i think your child is that way too it has something more yes. to do yes yes definitely i'm so, glad so he's much. got you because i'm glad he's got you because you're already aware of it can yeah, you imagine his, his struggle if you weren't no, and, and that was me because my parents were wonderful people, but I always felt other and I always felt uh, very um, not grounded, you know? Yeah, it's really interesting. But, you know, I've tried medication and things like that to no avail at all, but I've only found through really um, a huge effort and discipline in, in ritual practices 
especially in painting practices and uh, that that's my relief from feeling myself floating up <laughs> to the sky and leaving my body. Um, but I do think it's actually a gift. I think um, I, I don't mean to, uh, you know, be disrespectful for people with um, children or adult children or adult humans with severe and profound autism. I know actually a lot about it, but I do think at his level, it is um, profoundly a gift. And also I feel being highly sensitive is a gift because it really works with the intuitive practice and just really you're just one layer closer to uh, seeing things for what they are truly, not just what they see appear to be, you know, which I, I definitely agree with that. I found my anxiety to be quite the gift, um, especially when you uh, start being able to balance what is reasonable and what's not. And also removing triggers. I mean, so maybe I'm not made mm -hmm. to work at a museum that's like total bullshit all day, you know, and that's okay. <laughs> Lucky for me, you know, I'm very blessed that we've been able to make a life for ourselves that we can just do just okay, just doing what we love all day. And now homeschooling was just like a wonderful mm -hmm. addition to that because it took me so long to, un it's called de-schooling myself from both being a student and then also a teacher. It took a very long time. So I'm like just giving my kids the <laughs> one up, they're almost there, but yeah, I really wanted to ask you about that because I think about that a lot. Because um, as you know, a lot of really brilliant people you do come to find out um, are either now what they call the spectrum or or suffer from different like, uh, or not suffer, I would say have different um, diagnoses of mental illness that end up just kind of helping them be more raw and open, I think, you know, because you talk a lot about mm -hmm. um, how you'd have to be prepared, like, you have to sort of get yourself in the right space. And it's the same with painting. If you're going to paint something uh, with intention, of course, you have to mm -hmm. sort of, I have this whole ritual thing going and it's, it's really interesting. I, I find that ritual has been the thing that best has served my, um, my, un, my uncomfortable built, my uncomfortability with my anxiety, the things that make me unhappy about it. So that's really good. I'm really glad we got to talk about that. Um, you know, yes. you would have loved to watch Lee Gandhi do hex art. Yes. When he would do, when he <laughs> would, would do have. one of those things, you would have about three or four minutes with him, and he would disappear into that zone. Wow. And then it yeah. didn't matter; a car could have hit the house. You know, <laughs> nothing <laughs> would have shaken him. It yeah. was very much when he would do like um, he would go into trance and find missing people, which was one of his gifts. Yes. And I would sit there with him. He was as he looked dead. Mm. He looked like he was dead. You could see him very gently breathing, but he was he was not, you know, but otherwise he looked rigid and he was completely away from this world. He yeah. was projecting. Mm -hmm. uh, but when he would paint and draw, and he had a gift for it, it was amazing and beautiful to watch because he would slip into that thing and Every bit of him was going into that art. That's what makes your art good. Oh, thanks. So That's much, what yeah. makes music good. That's what yeah. makes it good is because there's yeah. something there. Yeah. Anybody Very probably true. could draw the circles and take a compass and make, oh, but yeah. to have it, to have someone who buys your art and take it in their hands and feel it, mm -hmm. that's art. Yeah. That's the real thing. Yeah. That's when it's sure. really happening and you're doing. For, for lack of a better word, magic. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
for sure. And that's the thing that changed when I met Hunter, uh, that changed so much. My entire life basically just shifted completely. And actually very early on, he showed me Lee Gandy's book and the painted prayers. Um, it was just so profound to me because I said to myself, well, this is what's been missing. So I wanted to talk to you about your background and you kind of touched on a lot of that. And I wanted to ask you about, you know, what do you think it was that was different about you that led you to be so open with this? Um, so your, so your childhood and what you talked about with that interwoven in daily life, uh, the idea of the supernatural and, and the experiences of the supernatural. And then also in your studies, um, you know, I've been in college so much too. And it's like, now university now feels and I, I hope i don't offend you but it feels so um disconnected from anything that would be spiritual or it's become a commercial venture yeah it's really and same with public school really it's very yeah it's very um almost the opposite of what you want it to be one thing i wanted to ask you about is as you mentioned patrick um and taking you around to different places in pennsylvania um i know we talked about this a little bit because i my, my family's from Oli Valley, that, that part of my family's from Oli Valley, and I find it to be a, I always say it's um, like the, the, the actual ground is so potently magical. You can feel it in the ground. Um, Saturated. Yes, and it's just, I just want to spend all my time there. <laughs> it's a little expensive, but um, I really well, enjoy you it. You took me to Mount Mary's. Yeah, can you tell us about that? Yeah. What that experience Oh, that, like? that was, that was, and, and I, I had read about Mount Mary, so when he said, would you like to see her gravesite? I thought, okay, first of all, I didn't know it existed. He said, it's on private land. Uh, we got out of the car. He said, I have permission to go across. We're walking across the field towards this hill. And he said, they have three bulls. I said, and I looked over and I said, well, there's two of them behind the fence. He said, oh, well, be prepared to run if we need. <laughs> so we went to this hill we we climbed this hill and it was like stepping into something incredible it's yeah. that when you got to the top when you got to the and of course patrick began to uh sing to her in mm -hmm. deitch and we had a service for her it and i was just completely immersed and I, it was just heavenly. Yeah. The, and the energy of that place, of those graves, and it's not just her that's buried up there. Right. But the energy of that place is like many spiritual places I've been in. When I was in India, I went to a couple of those places. It takes you. Mm. It absorbs. You absorb into it or it absorbs into you. Something happens. Uh, so there really are those kind of places, and this was one of them. I, I just kind of floated back down the hill. I don't, I don't even think I was thinking about the bull. Uh, <laughs> wherever he was. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I, I, don't know who, I don't know the people who own that property, but they've got something very special there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. I have he, not. He, he took me to another place. He said, I kind of want you to see this place. And I think what he, he was doing was he wanted to see how much I could sense of things. Mm -hmm. And it was a house that the family name was started with a K. That's and there, there are hex symbols on the back porch door frame. Mm -hmm. And something 
very negative took place inside there. I thought, he said, what did you sense? I said, I sense ritual, mm. but not good ritual. Mm. Uh, very negative stuff. Um, he said, yes, that's what, what is believed happened there. We had a, did you, did I tell you about the, the groundhog? No. Uh, that we, as we came up to it, there appeared to be, and this is a wide open space, mm -hmm. very closely cropped grass. There was a dead groundhog mm -hmm. lying on its back, feet in the air. Mm -hmm. um, we just kind of walked past it. Oh, that's too bad. You know, and then we turned around. It was gone. And this was not, this was not enough time for that thing to have turned over like playing possum, as they say, and run oh, off. We would have seen no. it. Yeah. But it was gone. And both of us kind of looked at each other and went, Mm, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we talked about the old Buncombe scene, the old Buncombe mm -hmm. experience in, in Lexington County mm -hmm. with Mike Harmon, I should, yes. um, it just happened. It took you. We drove yes. into it. His mm -hmm. very active dog became absolutely dead still. Mm -hmm. And I said, I remember saying, do you feel that? He goes, <laughs> yeah, what is it? don't know and <laughs> it was like something came and laid over you mm -hmm. now what what do you do with this stuff i don't know except to know that there is such a, a more enhanced reality out there than we're seeing yeah sometimes you feel like uh, most people never really see the world around them they yeah. never they never feel the world around them they think it's real Mm -hmm. They think everything's going on. And the, yes, I think people who have been able to quite naturally perceive it mm -hmm. uh, have always found themselves sequestering themselves to make it tolerable. Sometimes it's just too much. Yeah, sure. For sure. I was asked to go into a house one time to see if I could sort out the spirits there. It was too much. Mm -hmm. You have to know what you can handle. And this was just way out of my league. And I beat a hasty retreat. Mm -hmm. Because you can get hurt. Oh, sure. You really can get hurt terribly. Mm -hmm. It's best if people don't. We, my wife and I were hiking once and we walked into something in the mountains. And we just like all of a sudden like, let's get out of here. Yeah, mm -hmm. nah. right, and we just literally backed up and walked mm -hmm. the other direction as fast as we could go. I think that's a survival technique that our ancestors had. Yeah, I think for sure. quite naturally, that if they couldn't sense that there was a panther or some predator, they didn't survive. And yeah, I think fight that's or where flight. It came from. Yeah. Fight or flight, and that sometimes, magic uh, anxiety. <laughs> And, and, you know, if you're doing, especially people that are going into these, um, what are these ghost hunter shows? Yeah. That no. are so popular now. Right, right. You've got to know what you're doing. Oh, goodness, yes. You almost feel like these poor idiots. Makes me insane. <laughs> 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 Makes me crazy. Oh, that's so funny. It must be the Kaim Homestead, but I'll have to collaborate with him and ask him because... 
Okay, ask I know, him, it was yeah, a- I'll definitely confirm because I'm sure that's what it was because we went to visit. Now that's one of Hunter's in his, uh, in his family lineage is the Kime homestead. And when we went to visit, I felt something very strong. And I remember my kids were with me and was there water in the back, like sort of like a lagoon? I didn't see it if it was. Okay. Well then maybe it's not the Kime homestead, but that's another one. And I don't know if you know, <laughs> Susan Hess, but she also experienced that there as well. And, uh, she was maybe gonna like stay there to kind of look over the place and she was like, no. So it's really interesting. There are places like that for sure. And definitely an awareness of when it's when it's danger and you, and you should not keep going. I think both of us are a little bit cut from the same cloth, all, well, all three of us, I suppose, um, in that we much prefer <laughs> the company of spirit, um, not, you know, ancestral spirit, I call it, um, where he will say that he'll go to, you know, a cemetery, um, and just say, you know, what do you want me to do next? Like, what's next for me? And 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 just bringing this all together about the way that Lee Gandhi's work informed my practice and work and ritual is, um, I always think of when I'm painting a hex sign, like you get into the trance, but also it's like the worship with ancestral spirit for me. And uh, I guess you know, do you do you feel that people, like you said, there's the on and off switch the button the radio um dial um can people choose to only specifically welcome their ancestral spirits hmm. they can recognize them but I, right think about this you're you're walk, uh, here's a here's an analogy i tend to talk in it or you're walking in a in a room filled with smoke yeah some of the sm- smoke you smell and you say, oh, that's this. Oh, mm-hmm. that's that. But the other smoke's still there. <laughs> With spirits, they're all around us anyway. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're always there. And, you know, it's just a matter of whether you know they're there. Uh, uh, I felt my ancestors. I felt more, more like my direct grandparents. Mm-hmm. My great-grandma, who I adored more than life itself. Um, I felt all their presence. Um, generally, they move on, you know, because mm-hmm. they really got other things to do. Oh, sure. We're not that fascinating to them. <laughs> I, I was giving a, t- a talk in Tennessee about this, and I was talking about spirits being everywhere and all. Mm. And I looked out, and there was an 18 year old guy sitting there on the front row, and um, he had this look of utter, like, <laughs> and without and i thought without thinking i went that's right grandma knows exactly what you do on friday night <laughs> and the whole room burst into laughter <laughs> then i thought oh man that was so mean <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> he, he turned nine shades of red <laughs> I, said, I said grandma don't care she loves you <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Nothing she hasn't done, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Nothing we haven't all done. Exactly. And I I really think that 99.9% of them really are just doing their own thing. They don't really care. Yeah. Lee felt that way too. You know, he he could, he knew right when you'd walk through the door, he'd he'd know where they were. He uh, could talk with them and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll just sometimes go and say, hi, I know you're there. I can hear you. Uh, 
I got to do this. I ain't got time to talk. Right. And that's that's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I the one thing that bothers me about a lot of the television shows now is that by commercializing them, we're starting to redefine them, mm-hmm. and that gives that takes away their ability to define themselves to us. Yeah. And they're all around. The people that go into these mental hospitals, former mental hospitals, I don't know what mm. they're doing. Those people are really putting themselves in jeopardy. That's yeah, and then we one. had, yeah, that's, no, well, when I, where I grew up, so I grew up in Bucks County and we had one called uh, Byberry. It was really, and you know, I was, I was a little punk rocker and all my little punk rocker friends would want to go in there. And I was like, hell to the no, that's not happening. Nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it's so funny because, um, and then, you know, living in Philadelphia, there was also the prison and I can't think of the name of the prison. And that was definitely a thing too. Um, but it's funny because, so my grandmother, my super Pennsylvania Dutch grandmother, Olive Fisher, uh, never spoke about any of this, right? Never, never, never. But then she's, she's very close to the end of her life. And we're going through a little jaunt in the Ole Valley because we both loved it so much. And she goes, oh yeah. And right up the road is where I got powwowed when I was little. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, where have you been with this story? Like, I had all, I'd already been immersed in all this and friends with Patrick and all of the things. And she's like, oh yeah, I had a war. Like it, just like you said, and like the time period, it was no big deal. It wasn't this like foreboding practice or right. something. Uh, well, especially in the, the areas that you're speaking of and the area in Pennsylvania, it wasn't this like delineation between no, 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 we can't do that. And, and this is like, you know, we can't, but now it is. And, and you, you, you alluded to that in your interviews, interviewer was asking you about, do you think that religion, uh, specifically like, um, certain Christian religions, uh, are, are changing this. And I think it's really interesting because people around here, at least the Pennsylvania Dutch people who are deeply religious, I think are more open to powwow because of its ties and interwovenness with Christianity, especially in the mm-hmm. charms. And I think that's why it's right. been so widely accepted. Um, plus Patrick has done a really nice job in our area of packaging it and making it feel um, historic as well. Not just like this, mm-hmm. this thing yes. that you need to either believe or not believe, like you can learn about it and not feel uh, concerned about it, but it's really sad to see that. And, and you mentioned in the interview about, you know, some practitioners won't speak about it because, you know, they could lose their children or they could lose their job. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely how I feel like it is. You're either a radical person who talks nonstop about it, which feels really awkward and not like comfortable for me. I always am like put off by people like that. They feel you really should. inauthentic to me. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you are like Mount Mary and hermited in your room <laughs> in your on your little mountain, like doing what you have to do. And, you know, uh, the the other the feeling of otherness always felt really uncomfortable for me growing up but now I feel really comforted by it and I think you can understand what I'm saying like now it's like oh I found my place in not having a place in this in this like facade of reality so yeah good way to put it good and and people like-minded like you make me feel like home like even though we don't know each other very intimately you feel like home to mm-hmm. me like Gandhi feels like home um you know, Hunter yeah. felt like home immediately. It's just like, there wasn't any real need to get into, and, and we have a lot of just, you know, we are very different people, but he felt like home to me. So it's really, really mm-hmm. neat, neat stuff. I think we find each other again. Yes. Uh, my wife and I 
Uh, we've been married 40 years this August. Congratulations. Uh, we, <laughs> thank you. That's and we've amazing. been dating, we dated for three years before that. Um, mm. But we've always felt like we we knew each other. Mm. But we were re-recognizing. Yeah. I think we also um, perhaps switched genders oh, to this wow. incarnation. Wow. Um, and our relationship is is very much uh, friend, brother, sister kind of relationship. And it's it it's she's very spiritual. We both are that way. Um, she said, "I want to see a spirit." This God, I shouldn't tell all these stories. Um, we went to a spiritualist camp in Indiana, which was different. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, we went to an Indian mound, a circle mound near Chesterfield, Indiana. Uh, we walked out there. We were the first and only people there first thing in the morning. And I saw them. And I said, mm-hmm. all right, dear, you want to see the spirit? Look right there. You'll see them. You'll see what's called the glimmer. And I said, that's indicative of a spirit presence. Mm-hmm. And she saw it for the first time. And then she saw it in the Monteleone Hotel. I bet you would enjoy New Orleans. Oh, I know it's, I would. <laughs> it is just, it's just saturated with spirit energy, and especially the older places. And we know, That's we amazing. know, we've been down there about seventeen times. And wow! Now we do enjoy the food. We enjoy all the music and that. But there is another element there that lives invisibly there. Mm-hmm. That's not commercial, right? And uh, that's very real. Mm. Um, and, and the veil is very thin there at times. So I would strongly suggest if you need to get away and go someplace to sink your... <laughs> <laughs> to kind of get some, some spirit energy for yourself, that's yeah. a good place to go. Yeah. Uh, away from the noise and the bustle. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not a noise and bustle girl anymore. I used to be, but I think it was just to distract. I think what it was, Jack, was I was trying to distract myself from the, all of this because I was scared. Yeah, you know? I, I did the same thing. I did the yeah. same, exact same thing. Yep. And I, I realized just be who you are. Yeah. But it's interesting because you had Lee Gandhi and then your wife had you. Mm-hmm. And it's similar in that, well, you know how Brock or I works. It, it's similar with Hunter in that it wasn't like an apprenticeship, but I felt safe with him helping me. I felt mm-hmm. really safe with him. But then it's funny after 10 years, like now I'm teaching him things, you know, because he had a certain way of thinking mm-hmm. of things. And I'm, I'm much more like how, I'm, how I was talking about my son and that, you know, like I was always, he doesn't have any anxiety. He's like very, like very logical, very different brain than I am. But the sensitivity to things that he would just ne- like not necessarily pick up on. It's really interesting how it ends up like kind of circling back around. It's really neat. I love that. I love that exchange, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and Hunter's an old soul. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he he's is. an old soul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been around around the block several times <laughs> oh my goodness yes i keep saying we got to do your biographies like i don't want you to know the things that i want to say <laughs> like well i honor that that's okay hunter <laughs> <laughs> but you know the thing is no one 
you were talking about you're teaching him. No one yeah. can know all this. Right. Yeah. yeah I've only yeah. been at it since 74. I, right. I feel like such a novice. Yeah. That's very true. And anybody and it, who's claiming you that there's somebody who knows all, tells all, you know, right. they're usually trying to get either in your pants or your pocket. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's very true. Yeah. And it's funny because I don't even like using the word teach anymore because I'm like, I call myself a recovering teacher. So um, <laughs> just like sharing, you know, these like learning experiences, it's just really interesting. It's really interesting. Um, it makes me sad that I feel like there's a whole shift in, in, in interpersonal relationships in that you have to be like exactly the same with your partner. And we are very different. We are very different, but three's, three's the charm, Jack, and it's both of our third marriage. So here we are, we finally got, got it right. But you know, the thing about, there you go. Uh, about Hunter and I, and I think this is with, uh, you know, any, any, uh, uh you know, openness to spirit also is, uh, the ability to, um, to compromise and meet, meet, you know, meet the work, you know, this idea of surrender, I guess, is what I want to say, which in certain places, like the Kime homestead, or um, the experience that you had uh, on on the road in the car with the dog and stuff, like, you don't get to surrender, like, you don't have an effing choice, like, this is happening, and you're on the ride, baby. But, and there um, it is. But like, what Lee said is you, you get to decide at this point, but like, once you do surrender, like, you can't under surrender, like, you don't unsurrender no. then. You know, it's like you're surrendered, no. it's open, and, and you're open. Yeah. You can try to turn it off after that, but it won't work. No, no, you no. Just, no it no. just won't work. No. And that's why people, I, I, I fear for people who go at it in a half-hearted way. Yes. They're going yeah. to hopefully just be disappointed. Yeah. Hopefully that's all that will happen to them. Yeah. Um, I had a, a friend call me. Um, she had a very difficult uh, situation spirit-wise. And I can't can't tell the the confidence issue comes into it. Right, sure, but, of course. But you have to get her to the point that she can cope with what's happening around her. What's happening mm -hmm. around her spirit-wise will mm -hmm. dissipate. Mm -hmm. You know, people are messy creatures psychically. Yeah. They leave stuff everywhere. <laughs> and and this there'd been an incident in her home that had left stuff. Mm. And it it's just a matter of just waiting it out. Mm. There's no you could go in there and do a cleansing and the whole bit, and I've done that. Mm -hmm. um, I dealt with a family here in uh, in Bowling Green that um, they brought home something from Africa, a, a tribal mask. Well, most of that stuff's junk, mm -hmm. but they brought home this thing and it began to exert itself into the family. And the a local AME minister had come over and like typically he made things worse. Because <laughs> yes. he did, he just didn't know how to deal with it. Sure. So, so they, uh, one of the members of the congregation called me and said, can you go over and help these folks? I, I tried to, but you have to be careful. You have to be careful of what you bring into your house mm -hmm. and the kind of people you let in because they leave messes. Mm. They leave psychic stuff that then you have to go and clean up. Yes. 
And if you've ever been ghost hunting, I always tell people, come home, bathe, get yourself in some Epsom salts, get all that mm-hmm. stuff off of you. Do not lie down and go to sleep. Right. Little practical stuff. Now, none of this has to come at great expense from any store. A box of Epsom salts is easy to get. Yeah. If you need a charm, call me, I'll make one for you free. No, there's yeah. never a charge. Yeah. That's a yeah. that's one of the big differences in power and who do. Yes. Yes, I wanted to ask you about that. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. With Hoodoo, you can charge all you want to. It's perfectly understandable. Mm-hmm. And I have no judgment power, you don't charge. Mm-hmm. Because when you charge, you throw you throw your ability right out the window. Yeah. It's a you're only an inter- intercessionary between divinity or the world of spirit, however we want to call it. Mm-hmm. And so how can you charge for being right. a connecting rod? Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I loved when you talked about that as well, because it makes me fairly icky. <laughs> I mean, some it's so hard, Jack, because, you know, I make money selling this artwork, right? So you deal, you get, it takes all kinds, right? But it makes mm-hmm. me feel really icky. And I have said eth- ethically wise no to uh, commissions and stuff based on like, no, 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 this is just too far. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the money for me when it comes to certain things that I do. And I just can't imagine, you know, I made a hex sign for a woman who just was diagnosed with breast cancer and just had surgery. And my friend helped me, who's a Pennsylvania Dutch um, language guy, Doug Manford. And he's a super Lutheran, I call him. He's like super Lutheran, right? And, um, uh, you know, he was like, let me give you some money for this. And I was like, no, 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 no money for this. There's, there's no money with this. And it was just... It wasn't even, I didn't even have to think about it. It's just the way it is. It's just this kind of work is not work that I take money for, period, you know? And it's very, very true. It's interesting. And Mountain Mary uh, is said to have done a lot of trading um, Mm -hmm. for the things that she helped with. But um, yeah, so so, go ahead, Jack. No, I've known that people didn't directly pay a powwow, but they would come and they'd be a bag of flour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and help help I, them sustain their life because I mean, depending on their level of of need, of course there there's things that you need to survive, right? So mm-hmm. I, I did a one time I, I came close to that. I don't think it was I don't think I violated anything, but uh this fellow in Tennessee brought his wife and she had been he felt put under a, a negative hex. Mm. There was something there. I couldn't tell where, you know, sometimes you can't tell where the the person ends and the hex and that begins because it's gotten the, the, the curse or whatever you want to call it attaches. Sure. So all all I did was remove the attachment and he offered and I said, no, I'm not accepting money. He said, well, would you at least join us tonight for a glass of wine at dinner? Okay. (laughs) That's as far as I took it. Yeah. But I, this stuff doesn't, it, there has to be things in this world that aren't commercial. Yes. That are, are so special that you don't charge for it. Yeah, sacred. Yeah, very much so. My, 
my late father used to say, in this world, money is God. Mm. He said, all that other stuff's a smokescreen. Mm. And to an extent, I understand where he was coming from. So there has to mm. be the part where you remove yourself and say, no, there's no charge here. Right. If, you, if, if we talked and I feel like you really will benefit, I'll reconnect, I'll connect myself, and we'll try to do something. Right. And after all, all you can really say is I'll try for you. Sure. Right? Sure. Sure. Of course. Yeah, that's so interesting because having been um, the receiving end of a psychic attack, you it works very interestingly. I don't know if always, but for my experience, it was almost like it just needed to attach and then I did all the damage to myself. You know? Mm -hmm. Does that sound familiar? That's sort of yeah, where you're saying. Yeah where you can't tell where where the person starts and the heck starts you know it's really interesting um but you certainly helped me through that very very um simple directions of the showering which absolutely water is very profound for me and then um the iron of course under the bed yeah. which helped a lot um but then it was also just sort of like shit or get off the pot it was one of those moments like the league Annie <laughs> moment where it was like listen jackass you either defend yourself or you're going to get drowned so talking mm -hmm. to myself i mean you know and it was like okay well really i'm giving this person the power and i need to stop doing that right it's interesting that's very you know? hard that's a very oh, hard yes. thing to do because oh, we're not yes. trained to de defend ourselves no, in that not, way not people and so people like get me, a Jack. To abuse us and <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes people pleasing but, oh boy and empathy. Yeah. Oh, I deeply. sense a real sense of empathy from you. I still have the little rosette you made for me. Oh, yes. Oh, wonderful. I, I did. Uh, it's still in my room. So I we're connected. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And I wanted to thank you for your kind words in the letter. It was very, very wonderful to hear. You know, <laughs> I want to ask you something. And boy, my all my notes are out the window because I knew this would just kind of just take a very natural turn for us. But I wanted to ask you about. Um, the phone and people who insist on talking to you on the phone. So I wanted to ask you about people that insist on using the phone, people that are um, gifted in this way, okay? <laughs> um, Hunter and I are both introverts that have gotten really good at having a mask to present to the world, right? But we both find this very off-putting, particularly from certain folks, that they need that control. What would you say about um, this, this, I this idea of needing to have that control? Is that... So boundaries, this idea of boundaries in psychology or whatever, um, and just in being a more assertive person. Do boundaries, the idea of boundaries work the same way when working with the supernatural or the spirit world or, or other practitioners who may not have the best of intentions? Um, so, so how would you recommend people have a defense, sort of like a plan? Like what Lee Gandhi said to you, uh, you need to learn how to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you should have in your back pocket and ready to go for unexpected instances? So no. almost like an emergency plan kind of. Without question. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I have to be careful. You know, there are people who are very touchy feely. Mm. And if I sense, you know, if you're talking to someone and they're 
They just have to give you a hug. Mm. Now, I, I appreciate hugs, but there's right. a different, there are two kinds of hugs. There is the hug of affection, and there's mm. a hug of the parasite. Yes. The person who needs you, yes. needs, you some, needs something from you, and you can feel it suck from you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Energy. These are mm -hmm. energy vampires. Yes. And I can, I've gotten where I can switch off just like that and give them a hug and they get nothing. Wow. But that took practice. That took a lot of practice. The same kind of, anybody who has to have physical contact with you. Mm -hmm. I've had people who wanted help and they reach out and they take you by the hand. Mm. Well, I, I have that, what do they call it? Psychometry. The minute I'm in physical touch with you, mm -hmm. I'm picking up stuff from you. And when I, sometimes you'll just get this incredible rush mm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. And not all of it is good. Mm -mm. One thing I have done to sort of put people off is I'll, I'll say, oh, there was a woman who had to, this is when, I don't know, we got, just for a lark, we went to a shamanic weekend. And this woman uh, came over to me and said, I have to, I have to bit, meld with you in the next exercise. And I kind of looked over at Leslie, <laughs> and she, she's very good about you. Go ahead. <laughs> but I could feel the parasite quality mm. of this woman. She was mm. more, she wanted more than just to kind of, uh, work with someone and so i started picking up the stuff we were laying side by side uh, and i was getting all this imagery and that's all you get is this this out of context imagery yes and i i looked over and i said that was quite an experience down at the river wasn't it and her eyes went big and she said is that where your first child was conceived how do you know about that and she actually left the meeting. It freaked her out so badly. Wow. And, and Leslie said, why did you do that? And I said, because I wanted her away from me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And generally, if you can feed them back some of their stuff they're sending out mm. that they don't want you to see, mm -hmm. then they, they back away. You're getting too close. They didn't expect you could do that. Mm -hmm. It's like the people you go to their house and, you sense the spirit, but they're saying, do you feel anything here? Why do you ask? Well, I just wondered, you know, I said, you know, as well as I do, that there's a spirit in the back room. It's, a, it's probably one of your relatives. I said, is that what you want? Are you testing me? Mm. And, and I don't like that. I really no. dislike that intensely. No. Mm -hmm. Don't play games with me. Mm -hmm. you won't like what happens right and you yeah. and i reason i bring up those stories is not just to tell stories but to say have your have your your protection in place mm -hmm. because even the ones that want to talk to you on the phone mm -hmm. you know that once you, the voice connects mm -hmm. they're connecting psychically yes mm -hmm. and i oh gosh something's gone wrong with the phone mm -hmm. get away from them mm -hmm. Because there are those people that definitely are there. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> they certainly are. And you will draw them. They're like 
they're like moths to a flame. Yeah. And the, it, yeah. and it isn't even personal. There isn't even no. just you. It's whoever can fill their cup for the moment. Mm-hmm. That sounds unkind, and I, I don't mean to sound unkind, but you just got to learn to kind of protect yourself. Yeah. You know, when uh, Silver Raven was saying, make them clean their house. Mm-hmm. The parasites won't clean their house. Yes, that's right. Yep. That's another interesting thing, too, is that physical environment mm. can amplify or keep neutral the spirit activity. Yeah. And again, be careful what you bring into your house. Oh, goodness, yes. I am, well, you know, and also with the Deitch, we have the um, superstitious aspect of our, our, you know, um, I don't know what to call it, like our spirit, uh, so superstitious. I remember somebody gave me something as a gift and was trying to like make peace, somebody from Hunter's life before I knew him, and I would not bring it into our home. And I, and I removed it from the premises, but I would not bring it into our home. Generally, yeah. if you've got someone, and I had a case with this way, if someone was saying, there's something in my house. Mm. I said, well, first of all, why don't you clean your house from top to bottom? Yeah. I want you to look for something that doesn't belong there. Have yeah. you had a party? Have you had a get-together? Mm-hmm. Something where someone could have physically entered and left some piece of poison. Right. And I'm talking about psychic poison. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what if I do if I find it? I said, you can do several things. You can put it in a bucket of salt water. That'll kill it. You can Mm -hmm. throw it in the ocean. That'll kill it. Um, You can bury it under an oak tree. That will subdue it. There are all kinds of things you can do. But you have to get it. Get that thing out of your house. Yeah. And then clean up after it. Yeah, for sure. That's very, very true. Hey, did did Patrick take you to the Sacred Oak? Yes. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> I wish this was a three-way call. That would be so it, fun. It was wonderful. Wow. It was just wow. the most. And he said, do you sense anything? I said, well, most recently, I said, there were uh, probably a group of pagans here. Oh, yeah. Trying to yeah. conduct a ritual. Yeah. Because their little residues were there. Yes. You could literally see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're doing this whole circling thing. Yes. I'm not making fun of them. No, I know you're not, but I'm laughing because, yes, I know. <laughs> Indeed, that is true. What year were you here, Jack? I wonder if I had been there yet. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, the last couple of years have been so a intense. A blur. Yes, yeah. indeed. Me as well. Um, yeah, the first time I went there with Hunter, um, wow. Yeah, that was an incredible place. I just, you know, I was interviewed and somebody asked me, where's my, the one place I'd love to go if I could go anywhere in the world? And I said, well, only, <laughs> like, I mean, I couldn't get much be- much closer than this. I mean, it's just my favorite place ever. I just love mm-hmm. it. What is your favorite place to be Jack Montgomery? What is the place where you feel most um, connected to place? The happiest place or the most connected? I'm pretty much, I, I make home that way. Mm. I make my home that way. I clean up psychically. I also mm-hmm. clean physically. When we moved into this house, I cleaned up physically 
fortunately had a few days before the movers got here. Yeah. And I cleaned up physically and then I came and I cleaned psychically. There wasn't much here. There were a few little animal spirits. Wasn't much here. And I was glad of that. I just didn't, you know, you don't want to get in there and find somebody's grandma or, no. or some kind of stuff like this gets old. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did, I took cleaned up and it, and it felt good. And, mm-hmm. but it takes a while for your energy to permeate a place. So I've yeah. been sort of getting used to being here. And I yes, grew up in, sure. in, in terrain life. I'm in Georgia now. Oh, okay. I'm living in the Statesboro, Georgia. Um, we sold our house. We uh, both got jobs at the same university in the same building. Wow. We both had retired from Kentucky. And due to some incredible good fortune, mm. I got a golden parachute of one year's um, salary if I retired now. Wow. Uh, so that we took that and we took the sale of the house and we paid off the mortgage in two months. Wow, that's amazing. We have never in 40 years of marriage owned our own home. So that's a nice feel. Yeah. I, we did have a negative backyard. I don't mm. know what all went on back there. But there again, the first thing to do is strip it, get it mm-hmm. cleaned. And I didn't mm. want to clean it. So I actually hired a group of men to come in and strip the yard down. Mm-hmm. And I've been cleaning on it ever since because that will infuse the place with my energy. Right. So where am I happy? I love the mountains. Yeah. I could live, I could live in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. It's I amazing. could live in the only valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, qu- no question. Yeah, it's amazing. The place absorbs you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It just yeah, absorbs yeah. you. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I loved it. When I, I, we gave a talk at the Schwenkenfelder. Oh, yeah, the Schwenkenfelder, sure. Is that what where is, you went to talk? That, yeah, we were That's talking. That's the little there. museum I was working for, Jack. Was it really? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, boy. It was a very nice museum at Patrick's oh, uh, Power yeah. exhibit was there. Oh, yes. Okay, so you were... So yes, you were visiting around, I had been here. I remember his exhibit very well, yes. And it had just been set up. So that, yeah. that tell you when we did that. Yep. Uh, but uh, some awfully nice people. Oh yeah. And some of the best food I've ever eaten. Oh my God, oh, yeah. people know how to make food. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's one thing we could do, right? It's the food. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, that's uh, so cool. But there were seven, about seventy or eighty people mm-hmm. who gave up, who spent money and gave up their whole Saturday afternoon. I thought these people deserve absolutely the best from us. Yeah. So I just poured it on, and I was able to tell them, you know, powwow is in the south as well. It's very yeah. hidden, mm-hmm. but it, it came down with the Germans. Mm-hmm. Came right down through the Shenandoah Valley. They weren't welcome there. Got to the mountains of North Carolina. Absolutely, they were. They fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. And they they picked up the Scots Irish, picked up some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. The little area where Lee lived is called the Dutch Fork, Deutsch mm. Fork. And that whole area of South Carolina was settled by Germans. They were brought in there as a buffer zone between the Indians in the mountains and the escaped indentures. Mm-hmm. and the uh, planters class that was down in the low country. 
And then they forgot about them. Mm. And they really didn't open up until the 1950s. Wow. So that culture, Permian, now they're very tight-lipped about it. Mm, oh, of course, yeah. There were two of us that sort of studied with Lee. The, the other gentleman lives, um, he's the one who healed the dog. Mm. And, uh, oh, he's got a magical home. And he's got generations of family stuff there. You can feel it. You, mm -hmm. His family's there. You can feel them. They're there. Wow. And he just lives, lives there very happily on his own. Mm -hmm. And it's just a wonderful person to be around. He took me to um, all over that parts of that part of South Carolina. That's where we had the old bunkum experience. Right. And, but there are a lot, he said, let's, let's go find all the places that Lee mentions in strange experience mm -hmm. and the families. And that's what we did. Wow. I imagine this is pretty much everywhere the Germans went. Yeah. <laughs> because this is something that met a deeper need than just being able to farm or whatever. This mm -hmm. met their really deeply personal needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know, do you know, I saw, a, and I haven't only seen it a couple of times, but there was a mystical series. It was a documentary series that came out of Switzerland. And at one time they were talking about healers in the Swiss and what they were doing, the way they were moving their hands, the things they were, I thought, my God, they're powwowing. Mm. That's exactly what they're doing. Wow. I can't find that anymore. You know, things go and come on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> what was there two years ago is not still there now. Right. Oh, anyway, that's so cool. I got off track. Sorry no, that. that's okay. No, that was wonderful. I do want to ask you, um, I know we're reaching like about an hour and a half. I wanted to ask you a couple extra things. So in the interview that I heard from 2020, you were, you had just submitted a manuscript, I think for a book. So a couple things, I know American shamans is no longer in print and I did look it up on Amazon. It's a, you can get copies of it, but you're going to spend a lot of money, but I got it on Kindle. So folks know that you can get it on kindle as well it's an amazing book um i've got about like, 20 copies oh yeah i, I i'll sell them I'll, I'll sell them to you at cost and i'll sign them for copy you because i don't know who touched hunter's copy and i want my own copy <laughs> so i would love to get a copy from you so we can put your um maybe email address to reach out if you'd like a sure. copy of the book okay wonderful sure. jack so the book that you were speaking about in that interview did you do you have another book that you've that you've done um I'm working on one right now. Oh, good. Which is based Can you talk on about that? 54 letters that a man from Wisconsin sent me. And they have to do with Lee in the last five years of his life. Wow. Now, Lee was a consummate letter writer, but he wrote very small. <laughs> and he wrote, he filled every possible space on the page. So it'll take you two hours to read one of his letters. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and he, I, I, you, you guys just couldn't, the first time I read one, I thought, oh my God, I feel you here. I totally feel your spirit because he did what he always did. Magic was so ordinary for him. He'd be talking about his, his dish collection, his soap, his chinaware collection. And then he's off on a metaphysical thing. Then he's right back. It's like, oh God, I'm going to have to sift through this. It's going to take some time. But he knew this couple um from up there 
And the gentleman was uh, exceptionally nice and has let me have these for a number of years because I haven't been able to finish working on them. So many other things going on in life. But yeah, I'm working on that one. Uh, Tony Kale, if you've ever heard of Tony Kale, and I yeah. have been speaking partners for years. Uh, we tried to write a book for Llewellyn uh, about supernaturalism. Yeah, that's the one you were referring to in the interview. Yes. Um, they got the manuscript, but then they decided we were using two divergent uh, traditions. He was doing Kunandera, and I was doing Hoodoo. And that mm. they 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 kind of were like, you know, this is too different. Well, no, mm. the concept of supernaturalism is are is what matters here. Yeah. And they talked about a rewrite and all this kind of stuff, and we were just like, nah, nah. And we let it go. Yeah. We let that go. Right. So we, I've still got the manuscript. I've still got all that stuff. Uh, wow. I'll always be writing on something. I, yeah. I think when I finally do retire, uh, I'm definitely going to, that's my little place to do, just to, you know, be physically fit, work in, work in nature. Nature's a, mm -hmm. talk about a healing thing. To be in nature is a healing experience. Yeah. Just absolutely. to be by yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't talk. Don't do mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. let nature heal you that's so very true that's so very true um so i'm really into i don't know if you've ever heard of her sharon blackie have you heard of her no i've never so, heard of her so i'm so i'm i actually turns out i'm about like a quarter pennsylvania dutch i got some german i'm like 50 percent welsh and a little scottish right so she talks about um unlocking the magic of every day and she's um out of primarily Ireland and the Celtic ways. But something that she talks about is um, connecting to place. And, and when you said your home's your favorite place, I guess I really should rethink saying Oli because I really actually feel the same way. And Hunter recently um, talked about maybe us moving and I was like, no, 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 I'm never leaving this house. It's, it's really funny because um, the home that I grew up in, I felt deeply like I was such a funny kid I was so connected to the home and it like your experience in childhood there was um some trauma from my my parents fighting and stuff mm -hmm. like that um but I still like loved the home it's very funny but this house reminds me so much of that house so it's like it just feels like home to me and and there's a tree in my backyard it's an arborvita and it's a twin arborvita it's very strange it's really interesting but she talks a lot about that and um she talks about nature a lot and, and it's just like profound, but uh, she also talks about, I think being Pennsylvania Dutch and having our ancestors have been here for so many generations and, and also the Germans, of course, in the area that you're discussing and live in. Um, there's some native indigenous traditions that feel very uh, intuitive to me, but then I feel like I, I, re, I recoil from it because it feels very, uh, uh, what's the word that I want? Um, appropriation, you know, it's like, I have to stay in my lane. I can't identify with this tradition that speaks so much to me. I I'm interested in your idea of, it's such a thin tightrope. You don't clearly want to appropriate or offend at all, but then it's like, 
she talks about if if you don't have your own roots because you know your family or your family is dramatic and you came from germany and you're in pennsylvania right you actually create your own traditions mm-hmm. but if something feels so natural and you were doing it before you knew it was a thing like how how does that work in your in your in your thoughts jack like if you were doing something like i i do a lot of intuitive stuff and then i figure out like five years later oh shit this is like this thing this other people do this too like how does that work is that like a construct this separating things out into their little compartments or how do you feel about that and how do you walk that line of being respectful and authentic i'm very curious about this let the journey guide you oh yes gotcha all right you're mm-hmm. not appropriating mm-hmm. uh, the, poor tony he's gotten it <laughs> i don't know whether people don't don't come after me or whatever but people have come up to him and said how dare you look into hoodoo this belongs to a certain group of people. No, that's factually not the case. It right. never was the case. 60% of uh, J.E. McTeer's clientele for his root doctor work were white. Mm. They believed it. Everyone right. believed it. This is a modern uh, yeah. veneer that people have laid over these traditions. I had, had a fellow in Pennsylvania once say, Oh, but I, if we just strip out all the Christian elements of power, we'll turn it to its pagan roots. I said, well, you can do that, but you won't have powwow anymore. You'll have right. something else. Yes. And besides, yes. the Christian elements are not, that's not something for you to avoid. Mm-hmm. It isn't right. hurting you. It's not going to take away. Be, if once you start to enter the spirit path, all that stuff starts to sound really just like noise. Yes. Let your heart, let your spirit guide you. Mm-hmm. Once you've entered into, even if you've got a foothold into the world of spirit, it will mm-hmm. take you. Mm-hmm. It will take you there. Yeah. And if you feel comfortable, <laughs> my wife and I belong to a Hindu temple when we lived in Bowling Green. We get down there all the time. I feel super drawn to the Hindu rituals of Abhishekams, yeah. of Pujas. I sit there and I just go away. Mm-hmm. I sit at the Shiva shrine and or the Durga shrine, especially. She's Mother Durga, very, very much God is female. It's very much real to me. Do I care what people think? No. Right. I just don't. Yeah. You do your thing. What you think of me, I don't care. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm not hurting you. I'm not hurting a soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to your point as well, this is another layer of not talking about what you do and what you practice because it just opens it up for criticism, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I feel for people like Tony, especially especially when people's criticism are so, mis, they just misunderstand the point or they're so um, ignorant of what actually the truth is. It's very difficult, particularly in an age of social media, um, but also being super hyper aware of the reality of what it's like. That's why I just don't really even talk about it too much. No, but and I think that's wise. Yeah, exactly. And, you know. Um, to me, it's more personal in your sex life. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes. And I'm not going to sure. talk about that with anybody. That is so <laughs> absolutely true. That is very, very true. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, with my background, you know, there's, 
there's no way just, and having worked at the Schwenkfelder, you know, the Schwenkfelders when they came were certainly influenced by the people that were here and uh, the English and the Welsh. And then of course, the, their interactions with the indigenous in Pennsylvania, there wasn't really a lot of um, issues for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. there was, there was, um, there was co- cohabitation and, 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 and not, I don't know if you'd say friendliness, but anyway, um, of course that's going to influence, but, but the, and Hunter and I talk about this a lot, that there's just like, uh, like an ancestral imprint where you just can't control it. It's just, and right. I, and right. the thing is I, I lead or I'm led, like you are mentioning intuitively, I call it, but it's probably spirit. And I just like to put it in a little package so I don't have to be scared. <laughs> I, I don't question it. It's like, this is what I do and it's natural. And I, and I try actually, it's in- interesting. I try not to read too much about what others, what others uh, would like, would like to tell you is how you appropriately do these things, you know? So I think the more, less you read, the better. <laughs> but I actually agree with you. I totally that was so interesting. You. Yeah. Yeah. Because it becomes static, like you mentioned. I don't, I don't want to live someone else's reality. Yes. I don't want, I, right. I if their, if their advice is helpful. Right. Uh, and, and you definitely need some advice at an early age. Oh, but yeah. even then yeah. you should be highly discriminatory on how much you take in. Yeah. We've been taught to just accept. Yes. You know, accept the word of Lord and don't question it. Well, that's, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's just bullshit. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. It's just yeah. bullshit. It's so um, true. Don't you think the devil's trying to deceive you? Well, the devil, as Lee would say, was alive from the beginning. Mm. It, it is a very effective excuse for why evil still exists. Mm-hmm. And... It's a way of explaining away what religion can't. Yeah. Right. And as and as excuse for bad behavior as well, yeah. you know. No, yeah. the devil made me do the that. The devil made me do it. Give me a break. <laughs> Being so saturated with like external input, it's never going to make you healthy. You can't be healthy if you're constantly absorbing all this all this input. So I think that's a really good way of looking at it. You can't live without input. You can't live without the yeast, right? Because right. it's always going to be there whatever you do. I, I, had a, I had a dear friend say to me one, he said, well, how do you know your, your beliefs have validity if, if you don't tell them to us and we, and we help you with them? I said, we're talking about spirituality. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> I said, I like you. I love you, but you have no right to this part of me. Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's very sacred. Like you said, this, more sacred than your sex life. Yeah. There's things about it that I don't even talk to Hunter about for sure. No, there's things really I don't talk about. To, see, if I talk about there being spirits in the house, it upsets Leslie. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Right. I see him, it's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes rather ordinary after a while. And, you know, so if you don't see it, okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't sure. bother me. I, it's not affecting my life in any negative way. Right. And you'll you'll sometimes have the most wonderful things happen. I had a person in my teenage years who was very special to me. She died tragically. Mm -hmm. I never had a picture Mm. of this person. I get an email through Facebook out of the blue for her, her daughter. 
And when I accepted her as a friend, she's a lovely person. Aww. There was a picture. And I thought, my God, I got my picture. I got what I'd wanted. Is that a message from spirit? I haven't talked to these people since the early 1970s. Wow. And she says, I don't know why I'm contacting you. Wow. She said, but I remember you were always so nice to our family. And they were a lovely family. And I thought, wow. It does, answers do come from spirit. Yeah. It just, there's no reason for that to ever. And it was kind of like, sort of a, you know, I wish I had a picture of that person. Mm-hmm. Now I do. Yep. So I, do I love magical things, like things happen? happen. Mm-hmm. Do magical things happen? Of course they do. Mm-hmm. Now you can blind yourself to it, or you can simply accept it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the I world the world is so much more so much more wonderful when you accept. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. just let yourself be. Yeah, it's really true. It's really true. I love it, Jack. This has been so amazing. It has I've been. Really, I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you. You're like I a kindred have... spirit. 100%. I feel like I've known you forever. And I just really appreciate and value your time taking time to do this with me. Um, just tell our, tell our listeners um, how they can follow you and connect with you and learn more about the things that you do and your music and things like that. Is it is it okay for them to request you on Facebook? Or how would you like to go about that? Yeah. Okay, wonderful. I always, so we'll link that. I always, always, I always look at everybody who has to be a friend. There, there are people I don't accept. Same, I bet. <laughs> I do I bet. that. I bet people, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. But mostly mm-hmm. if I see it's a spiritual person who is interested mm-hmm. in the similar things. Yeah. Uh, I don't accept the young ladies who want to, you to see um, oh, pictures. Yeah. Of, I'm too old for that bullshit. No, 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 no. <laughs> but listen, do you have a website, Jack? No. No, oh, I just okay. have my Facebook. I I got enough to keep track of. I'm still working full time. <laughs> I know. I hear you. It's such a pain in the butt. Okay, good. Well, then that way we can share that and people can connect with you and and purchase your book either on Amazon or through you. That's wonderful. Oh, yes. I definitely need a copy. I'm going to have to get one. I want my own copy that hasn't been touched by anybody else. And you don't I mean, pay. except you. <laughs> and your money doesn't work here. Well, listen, then we need just to trade and you just tell me what you want, sir. Okay. <laughs> you 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 will know what I want. Yes, I will. Indeed. Okay. Absolutely. Right, let's let's work it that, that way. Do send you me an address because right. I don't I don't know if I have your your post <laughs> yeah, address. I have your old address, so that's not gonna work anymore. So I will reach out to you and find out what okay. your new address is. Um one last thing I wanted to say to you about um your your talk talking about Lee Gandhi. I did feel like I was sitting in the room with you guys and I do you wrote to me that you think he would have really liked me. And I do appreciate that because I do feel similar to you that uh, we would have very much gotten along and had a good time together. So thank you for that. That was a gift to hear. Um, I really do um, feel very familiar in his, in his stories. He was a marvelous person. I I think the world, when I was writing several times, I felt it. And I could all, sure. at one time I felt anxiety behind me, and I thought, "Why would you think that I would do anything to, mm. to disperse your memory?" Right. And it just went away. Mm-hmm. So 
he's a good guy. Yeah. He, he had his own struggles. He was not a perfect oh. person. Oh, absolutely. By any stretch of imagination, he had his own. We all do. That's not mm -hmm. what makes us. That's not what. That's not what defines us. Right. Right. It's funny because my brother and I um, don't talk right now. And, and the last thing he said to me was, I hope your children can succeed despite all of your failures. And I thought, listen, jackass, my failures are what make me amazing. And my children's ability to see my resiliency after failing is what will make them amazing. Good day, sir. <laughs> People have it wrong, Jack. It's, it's, the, it's the imperfections that, 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 that build uh dimensional people and humans that are deeply empathy is just something that is so grossly neglected in our in our modern society and world um but it's the failures that that make me who i am and i'm i'm so proud of all of my um struggles honestly think like about like a piece of art with no little right it's is... pitch it's not art it's no, fake. and it, fe it feels it has no energy. Piece of music sure. that's that's played absolutely perfectly, and I can admire the musicianship, yes. but I have no interest in it. Yes, yes, and I always like live music. Like if I'm listening <laughs> to something, I love the live music recording so much better. That's really, really poignant and true. Absolutely, absolutely. So on that note, thank you so so much, Jack. This has been thank incredible. you so much. Appreciate my, it. My 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 um my uh, listeners are going to just love this and eat this up and i can't wait to text patrick and ask him if it was the kaim homestead okay. <laughs> i will let you know sir thank you so much thank you so much take have care have a wonderful day max good bye bye bye, -bye.